Hello and welcome back to The Voice of the Lang. I'm Joe Kennedy, Head of Marketing, and I'm delighted to be joined again by our media insurance experts, Maya Olson and Michael Treasure. So it's great to see you both today and talk with you about all things media insurance. In our previous podcast, you gave some great insight and advice on how influencers can protect themselves and on death and disgrace insurance cover. So today is the final podcast of our media series, and we're really looking forward to finding out how else you can support your clients and enabling you to really bring the complex world of media insurance to life. Thanks very much for having us, Joe. This is becoming quite a nice little forum, isn't it? It is. Well, what we've spoken about in our last two podcasts is more about risks that may come up when one of our clients plans for a shoot or a campaign. But what we wanted to talk to you about today was more about our day-to-day role when we are working with our agency or production company clients, because we do get involved, you know, several times a week in just vetting of scripts, for example, or projects that are going on. And where we would like certainly to get involved quite early is big budget shoots and also quite complex shoots as well. We get scripts in from agencies or production companies and we work with them really to review and plan what the shoot is going to be about, risk manage it really to make sure that what they are trying to do and achieve can actually be brought to life and also everything that they do on those shoot days is covered by the insurance policies um, that they have in place. And because, of course, they have a network of different insurance policies to cover cancellation, abandonment or delay of the shoot itself. But they also risk to humans, people who have accidents, injuries, and also there's a travel element to it. So there's lots of things that we review and just discuss with our clients to make sure that they've thought about it, plan for it, and then we try and help wherever possible. Exactly, that's right. There's lots of policies we have to take into consideration. And when we get a script sent in from one of our clients, the main policy we probably start looking at is the policy that covers them for cancellation, abandonment or delay to the shoot. So when we read through the script, we're trying to pick out some key issues that would maybe be a concern when we're looking at exclusions on the policy and when the policy may or may not respond. There's plenty of exclusions within the policy, but some of them are a bit more out of the ordinary. For example, if you're shooting with animals, this is often an exclusion on the policy. What this means is if you have a shoot where you need a particular animal to run from A to B, or you need that animal to do something in the shoot, how are you going to achieve that if on the day the animal decides it doesn't want to play ball? So we discuss with our clients whether they need to have a backup animal, whether this is something that will be done in post-production, so whether the animal will actually be there or not. And it's really just around a wider conversation. Is the animal crucial to the shoot? I'm sure if you were advertising for a particular animal food, you would probably want the animal in the shoot. But If it's just got to run across the street because that's going to make it look a bit pretty, then it may not be crucial and the agency or the production company might be able to work around it. I had one script I read not too long ago where there was going to be a cow lifting into the air by a UFO. And when I first read the script, I thought, well, this could be interesting. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to achieve this. 
Will they have a backup cow? Will they need several cows in the farmer? Luckily on that particular shoot, they weren't going to have an actual cow on set. So this was all going to be done CGI, which is computer generated imagery. So they were going to have the scene of the shoot, but the cow would have actually been put in in post-production. But it's all of these things we have to consider. And we're trying to, as Maya mentioned, protect the shoots going ahead and ultimately protect their clients' production spend. Other things we have to take into account would also be mechanical and electrical equipment. That could be things such as a vehicle. It could be things like a TV, a phone, lights, anything that has to work. Now, this is an exclusion on the policy. Again, we need to consider whether there's a backup in place. If it's maybe a car, you might need to have a mechanic on set. But again, these become conversations with the client as to whether this is something they can work around depending what the advert is for or whether it's crucial to the shoot. You might have a situation where you need a car, but it doesn't actually need to move. It just needs to be stationary. So there's not a great risk here because as long as the car gets delivered and is there, you can work around it. But if you need it to drive down the road, we need to consider, well, if on the day it doesn't start for whatever reason, will you have a backup car? Will you have a mechanic that's there and is able to fix it at short notice? Ultimately, we're trying to prevent there being a delay to finishing the shoot because that attracts certain costs. So one example I had on a particular script was the client was building a large platform that was going to be covered in sand to make it look like someone was going to sink through quicksand. Now, if the platform didn't actually lower as it was built to do, that would have been a potential delay or cancellation to that shoot. So we had to work around how they were going to do this. They obviously couldn't have a backup because it was quite a big build. They needed this particular item to be able to work on the day. So in this situation, we actually had to buy back some additional cover from the insurers to extend the policy so that if there was an issue on the day and there was a claim because the platform didn't lower, that is something that the policy would then respond to. So you can imagine when we read through these scripts, as entertaining as they can be, we constantly have to look on the other side and think, how are they going to achieve this? How will this be done? Often these days, there's quite a lot of stunts in shoots and stunts generally are excluded, but we have a few issues here because we have the person maybe doing the stunt and we have a personal accident issue with them. Also, we have the stunt itself and whether that's done by a professional company or whether we're going to be asking our actor or actress to complete the stunt for the shoot. Yes, you're absolutely right, Michael. Stunts is something we're faced with quite often and it is always a big consideration because of course the more daring they get the more risk there is to the shoot itself so we do quite often have conversations around stunt people being on set is there a stunt coordinator as well to manage it of course we quite often also have talent who are desperate to do the stunts because you know it's it's more fun but sometimes we sort of have to really assess whether or not that is appropriate but it really then comes down to the insurance company as well, whether or not they're happy for a non-stunt professional person to, to do the stunt, depending on the complexity. Examples that we've seen over the years. Oh, 
this person has to cycle really fast down a hill. And then if they fall over, that could be quite painful. And also that could cost the rest of the shoot if that person then isn't able to complete the shoot because we would then have to start again with someone else. We've had endless fight scenes, for example. We had a big shoot with a client we worked on where there were a number of fight scenes. Two people having a, a good whack at each other on their quayside and then they were supposed to fall into water but drop eight meters and then splash into the water while they were still fighting in free fall. That was done by stunt professionals, thank goodness, and they really trained, practiced, knew exactly where and how they were going to punch and then land safely in the water. In the same production as well, there was a fight scene by the same two guys throwing punches on the back of a speedboat while that was going quite fast down the river as well. And it was particularly interesting talking to insurance companies about that <laughs> because they really wanted to know how that was going to be risk managed. So it gets quite involved because the agency, for example, in a production is responsible for all the talent in front of camera normally. So that's all the models, artists, actors that are participating in the shoot and anyone that they contract with they have to provide what's called employer's liability for and if they are injured doing a shoot itself that could lead to a claim as well so insurance companies who are providing the employer's liability cover of course want to make sure that everything is done as safely as possible so there's a minimal risk to the people who are actually carrying out those scenes there's also, as Michael said, cover for personal accident to take into consideration because, of course, models, artists, their faces, their bodies, they are work tools as well. And if they're out of action for a period of time, then, of course, they need to have some sort of cover that they can rely on if they are not working because then, of course, they will lose their income. So employer's liability and personal accident cover are two big issues that we also have to consider and work with insurers on if there are hazardous activities that are part of that shoot. We, of course, are there to try and enable them to carry out all of these activities to have a really fun-filled or exciting advert at the end of the shoot. But it's also got to be done safely with as much cover as possible, really, to protect the people who are in it. We had another quite funny example. It's funny now. It wasn't funny at the time. It caused quite a headache. We had a surfer lady. She was a professional surfer, and she was going to surf on a beach in waters off the coast of South Africa for one of our clients. And a local production company had picked Lovely Cove, and there was excellent waves. It was almost guaranteed. And, and things. The day before the shoot, it sort of materialized that actually the waters were quite shark infested because this was on the path of white sharks where they normally come by. And then all of a sudden it became quite a, <laughs> quite a drama really, but risk managed properly at, at very short notice. We had some nets out and there were people on water scooters who were patrolling the area to make sure that if there was a shark coming near, then she could get out of the waters. She was totally fine with it because she was used to that sort of stuff. But of course, we were having kittens because of the risk posed to her and what would happen if she actually got bitten by a shark. So um, yeah, it was quite exciting to talk about afterwards, but it wasn't funny to be in it at the time to try and, and make sure that we had adequate cover in place. So no, in an instance like that... What would your role actually be? Would it be that they would inform you that you know, the conditions had changed and there was potential of sharks being in the area? 
would the company be telling you about that kind of new emerging risk so that you could adapt the cover or, and how involved would you get in terms of advising in a risk management and kind of safety capacity how does that work well our duty really is to inform insurers that this is happening as well and actually asking them if they're still prepared to give the cover if they're not then we have to tell the client and then they might have to stop the plan because they have to find somewhere else to do that where it's safer to do it because we can't really risk human life <laughs> uh, for, for, for the production of an advert. And then it's the wider discussion around is, all right, how can we protect her? How normal is it that people are surfing in this cove? Our job really is to ensure that there is adequate information for insurers to make a considered risk and take on the risk and then find out if they want to charge additional premiums, if they have specific terms and conditions, and then give the client that information so that they can also speak to their customer, who is, of course, the brand that they're creating the advert for. And very rarely have we been in a situation where we've actually had to pull a plug on something because it just was too dangerous or impossible to carry out. We would, of course, always want to enable where possible, but we really are the ones who then try and help the client manage the situation and also give them information to give to their customer so that their customer knows what's happening, why it's happening, why it might cost more money for additional premiums because there's a higher risk, or if there's going to be a delay because of a certain set of circumstances where plan A actually doesn't work. And then, of course, there'll be an inquisition at the end of it. Why wasn't this identified at the outset and who is responsible and, and things? But in the immediate situation, you just want to create the advert on time, on budget, of course, with as much cover as possible. Sometimes they also do go ahead without certain covers, knowing that they're taking on a risk. But then at least they're making that informed decision on it. And if all of a sudden there's a bill for an additional £30,000, which isn't covered anywhere, the customer knows about it. And our clients have risk managed with them and sort of told them these are the sets of circumstances. This is what we can do and this is what we can't ensure. So during a shoot, it sounds as if you literally live, sleep and breathe the shoot with the penalty because <laughs> you never know what's going to happen, do you? You never know what's yeah. going to be around yeah. the corner. We, we are on call. And because they quite often are filming in different time zones or on Saturdays, for example, and things, and we are available where possible. And also insurers themselves are making themselves available as well just to discuss these things. Sometimes if it's completely out of hours, we might have to make a call, a judgment, and then speak to an insurer about it as soon as we possibly can. But if it's right there and then, the object is always complete the shoot if it is safe to avoid a claim really. Another issue we have to take into consideration, as Maya mentioned, that the different time zones that the clients often shoot in, they choose these various locations, sometimes because it's a bit cheaper to go abroad, but also because maybe that particular location has better weather than we have here in the UK. Now, weather insurance is another exclusion on these production policies, but that is something you can specifically buy as a standalone policy. The cover can be extremely expensive and it can be relatively limited. But if your shoot is to have a clear blue sky, not a drop of rain, and you only have your talent for these two days, you can insure against rain or wind, for example. So if that shoot day was absolutely chucking it down and was a complete washout, this policy would give you the money to go back and reshoot at a different time 
So this is something that our clients have to take into consideration. Can they withstand a bit of wind or rain? Or is that going to completely ruin the look of the shoot? The more that you talk about the detail and the kind of complexity of the considerations behind the scenes when shooting an advert, it's fascinating because when you watch an advert, you would never have any idea how complex things are behind the scenes. And weather insurance, I mean, I would imagine particularly in these days, the weather's a lot more volatile than it ever has been before and the seasons are merging more than ever before. And even in the UK, in August, you have no idea on a particular day whether it's going to be you know, a wild storm or an absolutely scorching hot day. So I can see that weather insurance must be really, really important if a particular type of weather is required for an advert. So how would an agency go about getting this type of cover? You mentioned it's quite expensive. Does that mean some agencies will take a risk or is it something that most agencies decide to buy because of the kind of potential financial implications of the wrong weather happening? To be honest, it is a very expensive cover and most agencies and ultimately their clients will take the risk. The way that the weather policy works is insurers need a specific location and a specific shoot date. So we need to be able to say to them, we are shooting in this country, in this town, on this date, and we need cover for whether it's rain. So there's thresholds that you can buy cover for. So you might be able to withstand a light drizzle, but ultimately you can't withstand a complete washout. So there's so many conversations and it's all based on satellite data. So the insurers have years and years of history of around this time of year, what is the likelihood of there being any rain, any snow, uh, wind, if that's what you're looking to insure against. So they will come to us and say, okay, this is the price to insure this day. Now, within that day, you can also ensure the full day. So you might have a 10-hour shoot day. You may choose to only ensure four hours. So you could say, well, we've got some bits we can shoot in the studio. So if it's raining, we can do the studio bits then. But really, we need to get four hours between the hours of 10 and 10, where we have no rain at all. So there's so many considerations to take into account when you discuss this with the agency. And obviously, the more you're trying to ensure, so the more amount of hours and the lower level of rain or wind, the more expensive it will get. We often put the quotes forward and nine times out of 10, their clients, so the brand will say, we'll take the risk, we'll do what we can to shoot around it. But we have sold a few policies in the past. These kind of policies, they have to be paid 14 days in advance, really, because by that point, you can start predicting the weather. So you can start looking at the websites, looking on your phone and thinking, oh, it's looking a bit wet that day. Better buy an insurance policy. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. So we have to have these in place really two weeks before the shoot date goes ahead. And for our clients, that can be quite difficult because they often don't pinpoint the location until maybe the week before. It might be based on certain permits that they need to close off a road, for example, or whether they're allowed to shoot on a particular beach. So they have a rough idea where they're going to shoot country-wise, but they might not be able to pinpoint the exact location until 10 days before, in which case, unfortunately, weather insurance then isn't an option. This is a complete exclusion on the policy, 
and it is something we offer every time a client says we're shooting on location but often these days you're able to withstand a small amount of rain and would like to hope that if you're going somewhere exotic you might have a bit of sunshine on your on your side to help you get the shoot done. So it sounds as if there's a lot to consider when you receive a script from a client and, and look at what they're actually trying to achieve. There's clearly a myriad of eventualities that need to be addressed. Michael, you just mentioned the weather and the fact that this is normally excluded from policies and that you'd need to buy a separate cover for that. Do you have any more examples of particular elements that agencies need to or would be advised to protect themselves against? So something that comes up quite a lot that you don't buy an extra policy for it, but it is a an exclusion on the production side of the cancellation abandonment type policies is when you're working with people of a certain age. So there's a standard exclusion for children under the age of six and elderly people over the age of 75. Now, of course, we don't want to discriminate against casting people in, in those brackets, but we just need to have a wider conversation with the agency or the production company about what their plan is with these people. The reason these exclusions are there are because we look at maybe medical history, so whether there's any pre-existing conditions that could be for kids. You've got things like chicken pox. Now that could prevent the child coming to set on the day. So equally for people a little older they're a bit more volatile so we have to consider all of these things as to whether we need a particular person and whether it is that particular child that has to be the feature of this shoot or whether we just need someone in that age bracket so like i mentioned earlier with the animals where we often ask for a backup the same thing stands here so we would ask if they can cast a backup if they can have a stand by either on set or ready to travel to set if needs be and if we do need a particular child or older person we might then have to speak to the insurers and to actually buy back that cover so what we're doing there is we're asking the insurers to cover that particular person for their non-appearance to the shoot so that then is a wider conversation because we will need to look a bit more into their medical history, whether they have got any conditions that insurers need to consider and what their likelihood of turning up on the day or not is. Also, often when you're working with children, sometimes they just don't fancy doing what they're told on the day and they just want to go and play with their toys in the sandpit. Now, that's not always ideal when you're trying to capture a shoot within four hours. So that's something that comes up quite a lot because obviously most adverts these days don't just use people in their 20s and 30s you know we cast people from babies all the way up so that's something that a lot of our clients come to us with and we just have to have a wider conversation with them and how we're going to achieve the end result. Yeah, Michael, that's really interesting. I was just thinking as you were talking that this must be an issue that comes up really frequently, as you mentioned, because adverts frequently feature babies and young children and obviously adverts that look at families and that type of thing, of which there are many, often older people. So I can imagine that this must be a, a very kind of common conundrum or something that people need to address quite, quite frequently. Yeah, it is. And sometimes when we talk to our clients, they will say, well, actually, we've got a family of five, three being kids. If we only get two of them to shoot on the day, that's fine. If we only get one, again, that's not a problem. So they often can be quite flexible. And sometimes they might cast a real family because the likelihood then if your brother and sister are doing it, 
you might want to get involved as well. So they always think outside the box. And, and our job really is to have those conversations with them, but just to, to make them aware where the boundaries within the policy sits. If you're obviously doing a shoot for nappies, for example, you might have a few babies. So the idea is that if you can't shoot with one, that you've maybe got another four or five that you could bring in and that they're you know, going to crawl from A to B at the right time. So yeah. there's always a backup plan in place, but that's really what we are there to discuss with them. It's more if you need a particular child or a particular elderly person because you've maybe used them in a series of shoots in the past, so they've become a bit of a face for that brand. That's then we, we would maybe have to discuss with insurers that we need that particular person. They are a lower age. And then we would maybe have to buy back the extra cover. Another thing that we also have to consider in the practicalities of the shoot itself is something that Michael's already touched on a little bit, which is complex builds. The planning around particular sets that we might need to create for a shoot, I say we quite loosely, our clients, of course, but where we might need to sort of help consider crucial timings as well in order to make sure that the shoot is happening on time and that could be, for example, shipments of particular items that could be costumes, garments. It could be a whole set, for example, that has to be shipped to a particular shoot location, be that from the UK or just from a bigger city in the shoot country where it's all happening. All these things have to be planned so that everything is available on set, on time. Also, if there are builds outside as well that could have an impact and that's again where weather insurance comes into question. We had quite an interesting situation with a client some years ago where they were shipping two entire kitchens to the jungle in Costa Rica to actually build a kitchen in the jungle itself and then the other in a sanctuary to create an advert both for the kitchen itself but also create a documentary around the sanctuary, its operations and then the kitchens were donated to the sanctuary which was a really great idea. Unfortunately, the kitchens were stuck in customs in Spain for three days over the weekend all because there was one bit of paper missing that a Heathrow airport hadn't issued and then uh, everything got stuck. We were on a quite a, a tight timing plan and the longer these kitchens were stuck, the more nerve-wracking it got. And at this point, we really saw how a policy really can respond. So there was a loss adjuster appointed and immediately the client, so our advertising agency client, the production company had to be flexible around timings, shoot where they could until the kitchens turned up to get background. And then once the kitchens arrived, they were then stuck again because they'd been stuck in customs in Spain. The Costa Rican customs were also interested to see what this was all about, what the fuss was all about. So we lost probably three and a half days, which was really the buffer time. What was going to be a four-day shoot was now down to a three-day shoot. What was a 48-hour set build was condensed down to a 24-hour build because the policy then paid out for more manpower to come to set to help with the construction of the site. And also because there was a reduced shoot time as well, an additional editor was flown to set. So we had two editors looking at footage pretty much round the clock to reduce three full days of shoot into a two-minute advert to get the best 
possible footage and actually, you know, make the, the whole thing happen. There were then various other bits that went wrong across the way and the poor, poor client, the head producer who was on set for a client, she was having a nuclear meltdown by the end of it. But because of the time difference as well, I spent an awful lot of time out of hours talking to her about it, planning, talking to the loss adjuster, but insurers were brilliant. We really, at one point when there was a delay, we were even considering buying a different kitchen from America. The closest place where we could buy another kitchen was in Houston but they didn't have the particular kitchen model that we needed. So it, so that wasn't really an option. But all in all, the footage afterwards was amazing. It really was a, f a fantastic advert. But the problems that happened to make it happen and all the considerations, the agony and everything else really was quite extraordinary. It was quite a learning curve for everybody, I think. But that is, again, something to take into consideration when planning a production is where we're going to do it. What do we need to bring? Is it all going to be available? What if something breaks or doesn't work? We really just have to make sure that we've thought about every eventuality. And then, and then if something goes wrong, it's brilliant. Then when the policy does respond, everything gets paid for at the end and everybody's happy. And that's really the aim of our work, really, when we do the whole risk management and planning process. I suppose it just shows how adaptable and kind of flexible the people who are involved in these shoots must obviously realise that. Totally. They have to just think on the spot. We can't have divas in an environment like no. that. They have to really sort of juggle because you, you do have actors who are late just because of traffic maybe or a delayed flight or something like that. But at the same time, because these productions are so expensive to put together quite often, it is just crucial that everyone does their job and really does plan very well for it. I suppose that the administrative error at the airport, if you hadn't had insurance in place, there's no, even though they were in theory culpable, they wouldn't have had a clue as to the implications of a missing piece of paperwork and the, the impact that that would have. Absolutely not. Could you point fingers and blame? Someone was just doing their job and, you know, one piece of paper could become something that costs hundreds of thousands of pounds to rectify. You know, they were oblivious to that. But these things happen. That is a circumstance beyond your control and that should be insured. But taking a step back, we've talked a lot about the enabling and the risk management of a production itself. What we also look at when we vet a script, I say vet, when we look at a script, is also consideration around the content itself, just to sort of see what are the wider ramifications of this particular advert. Is it a whole new idea or is it maybe an idea where someone is parodying existing content or parodying a scene from a movie, for example, or an existing TV show? There we need to look at and discuss with our clients as well the finer lines between are you copying something here or are you ridiculing something but in an innocent, funny way or are, are there any copyright issues that we need to consider as well and do we need to obtain permits for that? speak to the people who own the rights to. Do you remember, Michael, we had a long debate about someone doing a, a lift in a dance move like the Dirty Dancing lift, and we discussed whether or not anyone would own the rights to that. Exactly. It's quite an interesting conversation around the office as to whether you can actually own the right to a dance move or not. And also, who would own the rights? Who would you ask or who would you go to to, to say, are we able to use this in an advert? So it's quite a tricky one sometimes. 
when you look into things like that. Yeah, and that's probably where it's also important that our clients actually have access to legal minds as well to obtain rights, just so we can demonstrate that due care has been taken and every possible step has been taken to obtain rights as well. And that goes to the post-production element as well. If maybe there's a key bit of music that's being used, so this could be a famous song, rights have to be obtained to that. You must buy a license for it from whoever owns the rights to that particular music. Rights will also only be sold for a given period of time. This could be six months or 12 months. There needs to then be clear planning in place as to who is responsible then to either renew the license or ensure that the footage is removed from every possible medium where the ad is running because they no longer have the rights to that particular kind of music. Otherwise, very quickly, this could become very expensive. We have had scenarios in the past where especially the big music powerhouses like Warner Music, Sony Music, very, very quickly come in and issue fines and require damages paid out as well for music used where a license has either expired or not been obtained at all. Also, if you use artwork or if you have particular logos or brands in the background, whether you actually realize it or not, all of these things need to be vetted as well and licenses or permissions be obtained to use that. We had a scenario a few years ago where a fairly, I would say, innocuous blob in the background on a billboard. It was just sitting there. To me, it was just a blob. But our client actually got a call from a Canadian law firm saying that it was a carbon copy of an image used by a Canadian radio station in 1975. The the logo wasn't even used anymore, but it still was remarkably similar, even though it was just a blob. There were some legal wranglings about it, but in the end it was decided that it was a similarity, but it wasn't actually a complete copy of that particular image. But it still cost money for that legal debate to be had. And again, that's where professional indemnity insurance is so important for agencies and production companies as well, because it does cover you in the event that there's an allegation or a claim made against someone for IP infringement, breach of copyrights anything like that. So it's just another consideration that has to be made when you are looking at a bigger production project as well. And yeah, it's, it's just part of the wider conversation. And these are all just a few examples of things that we get involved in when we see a script, whether that's for a large shoot or for a smaller shoot. Quite often the scripts we read will have an element of the exclusions we've spoken about today, whether that's animals, stunts, or people and these are the conversations we have to have with the client because ultimately we don't want to stunt their creativity we want to work with them to complete the shoot in the best way they can but to also allow them to have the widest cover that they can we also see new and different things when we read scripts and and quite often Maya and I have to put our heads together and, and have a wider conversation because it might be something we've never come across before and something we need to look at from a completely different angle but as I I've already mentioned ultimately we want to help the client achieve their end goal for the brand and that's really where the relationship we have with both our client and with the insurers is integral. So today you've explained the wide range of ways that risk management and insurance can protect a shoot and be a true enabler of it happening safely and on time and budget whilst not hindering creativity. Having learnt what I have today I'll certainly be looking at adverts in a completely new light 
and I'm sure everyone else who's listening will be too. I now have an appreciation of everything that goes on behind the scenes, risk and safety wise, and the huge number of considerations that are needed during a production shoot. It's been fascinating to hear about the different innovative and practical ways that you work with your clients and how you operate as a truly integral part of their team. The great relationships that you have with your clients really must help this so much. So today brings our Voice of Belang Media Insurance podcast series to a close. Thanks, Myra and Michael, for your time and for your great insights into the world of media insurance. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's been good fun. Thank you also to our listeners. We hope you've enjoyed the series. If you'd like to find out more about how Myra and Michael could help you to protect your business or to make contact with them, please visit the media page of our website, belang.co.uk.